My name is Ellen R., and I am a compulsive overeater, compulsive eater, binge eater, volume eater, food addict, um, among other things. Very glad to have the opportunity to speak and to give service and, um, you know, to remember what it was like and what happened and what it's like now. Um, I have a new, um, I don't know what you call it. It's not really an affirmation. I'm not an affirmation person, but um, a new thing that I do when I do my uh, quiet time, <clears throat> my mindfulness step 11 in the morning, um, which I started about a week or two ago, I think. I'm not sure why. Um, I say, first and foremost, front and center. My recovery is the most important thing in my life without exception, and I'm willing to go to any lengths to maintain and enhance it. And that it feels very important. It's like a, a strengthening and um, solidifying. I'm in other 12-step programs also. I don't talk about that. I'm a separation of church and state person as far as um, 12-step recovery goes for me. Um, I don't want to spend an inordinate amount of time dwelling on, you know, my childhood and, and all that stuff, even though it's valid, but it's not really what I want to emphasize other than to say, um, you know, my family didn't make me a compulsive overeater, um, but it was a very fertile ground for um, this disease to blossom. Um, my family had lots of compulsive overeaters, lots of fat people, lots of obese people. Um, you know, my one of my uncles was 400 pounds, my aunt was 300 pounds, my mother was 250. My grandmother um, used to say, not joking at all, that um, if you weren't 200 pounds, you didn't have a weight problem. And um, very kind of typical Jewish family, grew up on Long Island in New York, and food was the emphasis of everything. Family gatherings, cousins clubs, barbecues in the summer, holiday, everything. And I was a compulsive overeater from really probably as early as I can remember, but I didn't have a weight problem. Uh, I was a tomboy when I was a kid. I was very active. I was always playing soup ball or box ball or softball, riding my bike, walking. Um, and um, I, I didn't have a weight problem at all. That changed in high school, and the details are too long and unimportant for this, this qualification. But, um, you know, I ate. I was always a volume eater. I would eat lots and lots and lots of food. Um, I Sometimes I was very open and out of the closet about my eating. Sometimes I was a sneak eater. Sometimes I would hide food. There was also some stuff about, you know, because my mother was always on a diet. Um, you know, we never had good food in our house. So if I went to a friend's house where they had good food, it was like, oh, my God, you know, where they had stuff you could buy from the Girl Scouts or from uh, – the good humor man or those kinds of places. Um, or if I went to relative's house or friend's house after school, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I don't blame my mother for that. I mean, they didn't have a way. Um, and even when they did, it wasn't really well known. And she tried so many things to, you know, and ultimately did find a way and lost weight and so forth. But um, I, Growing up in a house with a mother who was obese, my mantra, my absolute mantra was, I will never go to Lane Bryant like my mother. 
Uh, it wasn't like today where you could order online or go to a store that had a, you know, a large sizes department. There were all these places that people can go now and, um, you know, and order on the internet. And those days it was Lane Bryant either in, in the store or the mail catalog. That was it. And uh, the day that I went into Lane Bryant for the first time, it was just such a dark, um, I feel like I had, I had been defeated, you know, um, I I will talk I will say for those who are faint of heart um I'm not the person you want to listen to qualifying because um there's graphic stuff with binging and digestion and all kinds of other stuff so um you know what do they call that uh, spoiler alert um and I will tell you what it was like partly cuz I need to remember it so I don't go back there and partly so that if there's anybody who's new and or in relapse and or struggling that there's someone who can understand, you know, because I I have been there. Um, I ate so much one holiday, I think it might have been Thanksgiving, that the pants I wore to my friend's house didn't fit when I left. You know, I wasn't even obese yet. I was like probably a normal weight. Um, I would go to a fast food place. And I would say, okay, Jim wants this, and Sally wants this, and my sister wants this, and I'll I'll get that, and place the order as if it was for four people when it was all for me. I would eat some in the parking lot. I would eat some uh, at home. I would hide some for later. Um, I knew every place I ever lived or worked, I knew within a certain radius where the delis were, where the restaurants were, the convenience stores, which ones were open on Sunday, which ones were open late, which ones had scallions in a particular binge food that I liked because I'm very picky and I I didn't like that. Um, All that kind of stuff. And um, that's how it it always was for me. I ate for so many reasons, you know. I mean, I ate out of habit and ritual. Um, I do believe there's a genetic component. That's just my own opinion. Um, Environmental stuff wanting to escape, being an addict. Um, and for me, once I pick up the first bite, all bets are off. Um, I don't stop until I'm sick or occasionally I would be able to, like I'll have a few of these and that's it. And the next day or the next day or the next day, I was binging completely out of my mind, um, out of control, um, as far as 100-pounder status goes, um, I guess status is the wrong word, but um, I don't know my top weight because like so many of us, I had stopped weighing myself. My last recorded weight was 292 pounds, and I probably teetered around 100, uh, 300, maybe a little bit more. Um, and I've, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at my goal weight in the sense that I have a range of X to Y, so you know, within a few pounds either way because, you know, my body's my body and I'm not a kid anymore. So it's not like, you know, I'm going to be 122 pounds. But um, so I've, having said that, um, I've lost about um, 142 pounds, I would say. And I'm not looking to lose more. If I lose a few more, that's okay. If I gain a couple, that's okay. Um as long as my health is good and my energy is good, which it is. Um, Like so many of us, I developed horrific health problems. Um, I have a family history of type 2 diabetes, 
I got type 2 diabetes um, so out of control. Um, you know, the I, I call it the A1C, I called it like the GNP of diabetes. And um, if you don't have diabetes, it should be under five or, you know, five or under. And if you have diabetes, it should be six or under. And the higher it is, the worse it is. And my highest recorded, God only knows what it really was, was 13.8, which is basically you're going to go blind and die in 10 minutes. Um, I developed chronic kidney disease. Um, none of that got me abstinent, you know, or it got me abstinent. And then, I mean, I remember one time I had very bad blood work results from my primary care physician. I was working in Manhattan and living in Brooklyn. And um, I left his office and I immediately went to a street vendor and and got binge food. Um, the insanity of, of this disease. Um, I will say that my diabetes and chronic kidney disease are completely well-managed. My doctors hug me when I leave their office. I got off all medications. I'm able to exercise, walk for a long, you know, if I want to walk for a long time, bend down, pick things up. I mean, when I was not just at my top weight, but even when I was, quote, just 230 pounds or something, there were times where it was difficult for me to bend down with a plastic bag and pick up my dog's poop because I was afraid I would lose balance and fall. And I did sometimes lose balance and fall. Um, and my digestive problems were horrific. Um, that started early on before I was even obese. Um, I, I would have movements that were so large they wouldn't flush. I've heard two other people in all the years in OA talk about this. One woman who uh, does event stuff and she would um, go and look at all the bathrooms at the event venue to find one that was what she called the Terminator. Um, I had, I was a very sloppy eater. I stained things. I ripped things. Um, like I said, I lived and worked in New York City and there were times where I took a bus, even though it took twice as long because it was air conditioned and because I didn't have to navigate a staircase. There were times where I stood because I couldn't fit into a seat or I purposely sat on the end seat on a commuter train because I couldn't fit. Um, not going to ride on an amusement park because the bar wouldn't close or going on the ride and having it literally like pressed so hard that it left marks and the shame and the depression. And um, I didn't get obese eating salad. That's not my story. Um, I ate crap and lots of it. Um, you know, I and volume eating and this time it'll be different. I'm not going to binge. It'll be okay. I'm not going to have digestive distress. I'll be able to make love. I won't be too tired. I used to sometimes fall asleep like in a chair in the living room. I couldn't stay awake because the carbs and the sugar just weighed me down in every possible way. Um, spiritually, I liken uh, binging to having spiritual clogged arteries. I whatever higher power there is couldn't get through because it was clogged, you know. Um, I'm abstinent seven and a half months. I am a relapse survivor. I've been in an OA for a number of years, sometimes long-term abstinence, sometimes not, sometimes not in OA. Um, and it's kind of a paradox for me because I heard someone say recently, not on a phone meeting, a OA person I was talking to, that 
it starts and ends with the fork. And in certain ways, that's completely true for me. It starts and ends with the fork. I plan my food. I heard it said in an OA meeting, my food is planned, prepared, and protected. Um, I typically weigh and measure, but not 100%. Um, a lot of the food I eat, you don't have to weigh and measure. You know, you buy an apple, and it's an apple, and, you know, that's it. Um, some foods I always, always measure, always, because um, – I don't trust myself to approximate. I Years ago in OA, they used to say that a compulsive overeater is the only person who could see a, a cow across the room and say, that looks like about four ounces to me. Um, other things I don't have to measure because I don't like them enough. I would never binge on them. They're like, whatever. Um, but I do, I err on the side of measuring. Um, and I, I might get a scale. I had a food scale, and it died. Um, I don't remember. I did something to it. I break things, um, and it's not good, but it is what it is. So I'm toying with getting another one, and I, I probably will. I do measure a lot of things with condiments, and um, I'm never spontaneous with food, ever. I can't do it. Um, I have an accountability person, not an accountability partner, because um, not both ways, and if I change my food for a reason that isn't out of, you know, like if I smell something and it spoils or it looks like it might spoil, so I better eat it now, or I thought I had X in the house and I don't, or I go to a restaurant and they're out of something, I don't turn that over. I used to tell her that too, but I don't have to anymore. But if I say I was going to have X and I want to have Y, that's okay. I can do it. I text her. Um, and it's very good for me. But the other part of the paradox is that it has nothing to do with the fork. It has to do with maintaining a fit spiritual condition. And I do that in a lot of different ways. I'm an agnostic. I'm not a God with a capital G person. Um, I call it my spiritual tripod, which is my own inner wisdom and the wisdom of uh, some other people, most in long-term recovery in one program or more, but not all. Um, some are civilians. And some supernatural force, I call it the benevolent forces, powers, and flow in the universe. Um, and I do step 11 more than I ever, ever, ever did. Um, I do it a lot, and I do it on specific things. Some things I do it on every day, and I get answers. I don't know who or what is giving me the answers. Um, I do not believe that if you pray to get a parking spot and you get one, God got it for you. I don't pray to get a parking spot. I think if there's a God, he, she, it, we, they, whatever, have a lot more important things to do than focus on my parking spot. Plus, I have good parking karma for some reason. Bad technology and machine, good parking and shopping. But Five-minute general reminder. Thank you, five minutes. Um, but I do believe that some things happen for a reason. I don't know when or why. It's a mystery. It's truly a mystery to me. But I have had things happen that were so, like from a probability standpoint, so outrageously unlikely that I believe that there was some force involved and I don't know why that is. I don't think everything happens for a reason, but like I heard somebody at a 12-step meeting um, in Connecticut where I used to live say, I don't think everything happens for a reason, but I think that I can learn a spiritual lesson from everything that happens. 
And I, it's very important for me to not um, get into it. I try very hard not to fight and argue and prove I'm right and put someone else down. It doesn't work for me. And I did it for many years, uh, even in long-term 12-step recovery. And I don't do that. And I, I go with the flow. I, the acronyms worked for me, um, good orderly direction, good orderly decision, gift of desperation. I do a lot of service. That's part of my spiritual journey for me. I have a lot of parts. I meditate, tattoos are part of my spiritual journey. I've gotten lots of them, almost all of them with a spiritual meaning. Um, I, I don't want to talk about religion. I don't like when people do that, but um, I do, I observe some religious traditions of my religion and of some other religions and some spiritual practices that are not from a religion. But it, for me, it's about trying to live my, my all encompassing purpose, I call it, is to be helpful, peaceful, filled with light and mostly joyous. And I try to do things that are in that direction. Um, I try to not do anything that's self-destructive or self-hating. I did that for such a long time. And um, I try, I say things like great radical self-care, treating myself the way I try to treat people who are important to me, who I care about. Um, I've had a relatively easy abstinence this time. It's been a gift. Um, Although I did have a stretch recently where, yeehaw, it was tough. And I stepped up my meetings and I called people. I did more service. Um, and I think it's true. You know, I I like some parts of the AA Big Book and some parts of the ON 12 and 12 and some parts of the AA 12 and 12. And there's plenty to go around. For me, I am, as an OA New York City person used to say, she's dead now, died 24 years abstinent. I'm a gutter girl. And I am a low-bottom compulsive overeater. And I do believe what the big book says. We are like men who lose their legs. They never grow new ones. It is a progressive, fatal disease. Lucky. If, if, if you die, that would be lucky for me. And I'm not lucky. Um, I don't pick up the first bite. If people don't understand that I have a food plan, that's okay. That's fine. If they don't have to understand I have to understand. I have to know I have red light, green light, and yellow light foods. There are foods I will never eat for the rest of my life, foods that I could eat every day, I don't care, and foods that if I'm in a good place spiritually, I can eat. So it's it's a combination of things. Um, I don't BS myself. I don't say, eh, you know, I think it'll be fine. Uh, I've seen people die from this disease. I, I've seen people who One have limited thank you one minute, um, had a, a limb amputated. I knew somebody where when I was a kid who had um, bypass surgery and she binged and like the, the staples broke and it was, I mean, you know, this is, this is what I do if I pick up. So for today, um, I'm beyond grateful. I cook a lot. I never used to. I only eat food I like. Uh, unless there's a good nutritional reason. I only do exercise I like. This isn't a diet. It's a way of life. It's how I stay somewhat sane and somewhat serene. And I will end. I'll give my number after the recording stops. And thank you for letting me um, 